0: All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Riggles Rag Podcast. Ian Cummings here with Jacob Kamiker, And what's that? We have a third person today. Uh, oh, shoot. Jonathan, I never asked you. How do you pronounce your last name? It's I, and thank you for asking. All That's right. Most- get it wrong (laughs) I know I'm I'm terrible with last names Ken Johansson can back me up on that because I have to ask him every time (laughs) literally every time he's on so uh Jonathan Ige good to have you on he's been a contributor for us for a while and uh, he's here today to talk about the Redskins receiving core and uh, some updates that have kind of happened there uh with Kelvin Harmon's injury Jonathan how are you doing
1: I'm doing fine Ian thank you for uh Having me on, I've liked listening to you guys, so uh, I'll try not to mess it up too much.
0: Yeah, I've been told that we have radiogenic voices by by my mother, so that's not, she's a little biased, but uh, you know, what can you do about that? So we will get into the discussion, uh, but first, we are going to give you a quick word from our sponsors, so sit back and have a listen. And we're back. Jacob, I didn't ask how you were doing. How are you doing?
2: Oh, I'm doing great. It's like 1130, and I've already been up for four hours, which if you know me well is a Massive anomaly. So, uh, kicking back, ready to talk some receivers
0: and uh, have some fun on this uh, special three man booth. Man, I cannot relate to you, man. I, I get up at like six o'clock for no reason every day. I don't know why. I just cannot sleep in past like seven. It's so Dude, weird. Man. I swear, I'm sometimes
2: up till six o'clock. So, it, it works out cause late night news. I
0: got it early morning news. You got it it's exactly. Great. It's the perfect tag team. I like it. All right, but um, right now, we're recording a podcast. It's actually pretty early. This is the earliest we've done it, but uh, we're, we're preparing for some bigger news here. So while we're waiting for that, we're talking to receivers. Jonathan, some relatively big roster news occurred earlier this week. Uh, Kelvin Harmon, the team's sixth-round pick last year, and uh, he, he showed some promise down the stretch for the Redskins. He started to catch fire late in the year, showed some reliability on the boundary, and then uh, a couple days ago, it was revealed that he tore his ACL, and he's going to be out for the year. And in addition to Harmon, I mean, they already had Emmanuel Hall, who was he's a tremendous athlete. And he was viewed by many as a as a dark horse to kind of take a roster spot because of his upside. Additionally, he tore his Achilles. So it was already an uncertain position group uh, coming into this. And now it's kind of only compounded that with some injuries that have occurred. Uh, What are you thinking about these changes, especially with Harmon? Because I feel like he was a guy who generally people thought he was a lock to make the roster. Uh, as a, as at the very least a backup in your piece on the Redskins receivers, you did say he was a contender for the starting X position. So how does his injury impact the position group overall?
1: Well, I think there are two ways of looking at it. I mean, you can, you know, be a glass half empty or glass half full kind of kind of guy. And I'm more of a glass half empty. But I'll start <laughs> with that. He was the starter. You know, I mean, I had I was high on Cody Latimer when they signed him. But Cody Latimer is no great uh, option either. And the more that things progressed, the more it became fairly apparent that Harmon was probably going to walk in day one as the starter. And when you lose a starting receiver, it's never good. When you lose a starting receiver on a team that already is suffering and is pretty thin at receiver, it's extra bad. And when you lose a starting receiver, when you've already lost the dark horse guy who you thought might be, you know, challenging him in Emmanuel Hall that's you know doubly extra bad so yeah. you know there's no way that this is a good thing but if you want to be more optimistic about it I mean Harmon caught like 30 balls last year maybe 35 I don't remember either and the drop-off between Kelvin Harmon and Latimer or you know Antonio Gandhi golden or whoever emerges it's not that great I think they will be able to replace the production that, that Harmon would have given them It's not as if they had lost Stephen Sims, which would have been more difficult to replace, and it's not as if they lost Terry McLaurin, who would have been impossible to replace. So, you know, I I think it depends on whether you're an optimist or a pessimist.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, I remember some fans, you know, after Kelvin Harmon kind of caught fire later in the year, you you see fans on Twitter going like, oh, baby Julio, like he's coming out in year two, (laughs) a thousand (laughs) yards or whatever. Uh, You know, fans have a way of doing that, sensationalizing things. You know, you can look at it like that for sure. He was going to potentially improving here too but at the same time there was going to be uncertainty either way so it comes with the territory so you mentioned Cody Latimer I wanted to ask just real quick and then we'll we'll get to Jacob because I'm sure he has some stuff to say but Cody Latimer uh you wrote your receivers piece on like May 13th or something I was looking up the dates and then three days later Cody Latimer gets like this assault allegation thing which not a lot of concrete details there and we don't really know how it's impacted him to this point so anything we say is just speculation, but. What? Because I know you listed him as your initial starter. How do you think this affects him? I mean, because it seems like he hasn't been released yet, so maybe he he'll have a chance to kind of reaffirm his trust in Ron Rivera uh, moving forward. But I mean, how? What's his outlook to you? Because I feel like you can go a lot of different directions with that one.
1: Yeah, um, you know, for a guy who's never suited up for the team, he's been on quite a roller coaster ride in just like two months. Um, you know, from, from being a, a guy who you know came in with, with, I think, some promise. There's some people who would tell you Cody Latimer's done and it's just a worthless signing because he's been a big disappointment coming in as the number two draft pick, you know, second round draft pick, and um, you know, he's never really produced. But, you know, we got to see him more the last couple of years because he played on the Giants Um and I actually thought he showed flashes of what he had you know been like um at Indiana in college. And uh, you know, so I was looking forward to seeing what he could do. And I figured with the abbreviated preseason that there was a decent chance a veteran guy might come in a step a- ahead of other guys, which yeah. is why I thought he might be a-, a day one starter. And then, as you said, you know, he suffers a little legal setback, and we all thought, well, you know, you're not that good. Um, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna invest too much in a guy who's going to be a problem. So it's like he went from being probably I thought a roster lock at the beginning and maybe a potential starter to yeah he's gonna get cut. But then he didn't get cut. And as you know, I think one of you guys wrote that that says something. They didn't walk away from him immediately. And none of us know what his legal situation is, so it is all speculation. But with um, with Harmon and Hall gone now, you know, somebody's going to line up outside um, opposite Terry McLaurin this year. And it's looking like right now it's either going to be the rookie, you know, uh, Gandy golden or it's going to be Cody Latimer. So, you know, I think he's back to being, unless the legal thing is worse than we think, I think he's back to being a roster lock and, um, yeah, you know, he could be lining up day one as a starter.
0: Yeah, yeah, we will see. I mean, the the signing of Vladimir was notable from the start because I mean, you look at the ages of all these Redskins receivers. I think he's the only one above twenty five years old, and he's like twenty seven. So yeah. right there, he has a lot. You know, he he has that experience that the other guys just don't have, and that that's notable for sure. Especially like you said, when you have a shortened preseason or maybe not even a preseason. Uh, which might be the case now. But um, now with his legal issues, which I I can't remember the details. It's been a while since we wrote about him. But there was an assault allegation, but then maybe it was incited by something. So I I don't really know. But uh, we'll have to go back to the files for that one. But uh, basically, it clouded his outlook. And if Harmon was still there, I would say probably, you know, that gives Harmon an edge over him if he has that uncertainty. But uh, it kind of cancels it out. So I don't know. Jacob, what you got for him?
2: Yeah, I think you're, you're dead on about Cody Latimer, Jonathan. I, I think that that point is – I think he's probably making a roster because of his veteran experience. If they had wanted to cut him because of the assault charges, they already probably would have done it. Um, uh, you know, there's still stuff maybe that we haven't seen come out yet, but uh, we'll be keeping a close eye on that for sure. But the point with Latimer is, I mean – Every receiver in the Redskins receiving core has only been in the league for three years or fewer, aside from Latimer, which is a mind-blowing statistic. I mean, you guys brought up the age point, too. So, like, this is a very young group, so there's a ton of upside, but they may need some veteran leader. Whether or not that's Latimer, we'll find out, but... I think the Harmon the Harman injury definitely hurts the team because he showed good chemistry with Dwayne Haskins. I think the positive, though, is Antonio Gandy-Golden Profiles is a very similar player to Kelvin Harmon. Uh, they both have similar skill sets. They're bigger. They're good at jump balls. Um, they're, uh, they're good at contested catches, kind of the classic number-two possession receiver archetype. Um, neither is particularly fast. They actually both ran four sixes at the combine on the nose. Um, so they have some issues uh, separating so I think Antonio Gandy-Golden can do a lot of what Kelvin Harmon did Um, it's just a matter of whether or not he can get on the field early enough in his rookie season to uh, make that happen but I'm confident in Gandy-Golden I don't know if he's going to start the year as the starter like Latimer could fill in if he's not quite ready but I I think the opportunity is there for Gandy-Golden to make a nice connection with Dwayne Haskins and kind of just uh, add another good piece to this young receiving core, because at this point in time, I think the big thing with the receivers is they just need to develop the young guys they have, um, see what they can turn into, and, you know, if someone out there is available for cheap that may uh, upgrade their unit, they should target them, but those players should also only be the young kind of guys with upside or, you know, guys that might need a change of scenery, so if they can get those types of players in, maybe add them for extra depth, but Aside from that, I think they'll still be okay in the starting lineup. What I'm most worried about is, like, beyond uh, Gandy Golden and Cody Latimer. Outside of that top four, nothing is settled.
0: Well, yeah.
1: Especially if um, if, McCl- if anything happens to McLaurin. That, they don't have a guy who can run the routes McLaurin can run. Yeah. Um, I mean, they just, you know, pretty much everybody else. And I think the one exception to that, and we've seen very little of Darwin Kidsey, but he seems to be the only one who might be able to, to actually line up where McLaurin lines up and run those kind of routes, but nobody else in, on that team can do that. So, you know, if they lose him, then, you know, we, we can just, like, pack it up for a year, and come <laughs> back next year, and revive this conversation when everybody hopefully will be healthy.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep, yeah, definitely. I mean, McLaurin's, like, the whole selling point for this entire group. I mean, you can say Steven Sims, too, but, I mean, again, we haven't seen a ton of him yet. Like, he, we, we, we know he flash and he he actually gained a consistent role down the stretch but McLaurin was by far the most consistent you know impact and I feel like it's easier to project his what he does next year as opposed to Sims so McLaurin is definitely kind of the guy where you really don't want to lose him because then yeah. it just yeah
1: yeah I think they have other guys who can run the routes that Sims can run not as well as Sims can yeah Sims you know the difference between Sims and you know, we saw Trey Quinn. We haven't seen Jonathan Johnson yet. But you know, they they got other guys who can at least line up in the slot and run those passes. I, I just don't see anybody else on the roster who can run the routes McLaurin can run. So
0: yeah. McLaurin is the technician through and through. I mean, it's crazy to watch like some of his like some of his routes against Darius Slay. I remember watching. He he really had a a uh, very innate awareness for like blind spots and stuff like that, really quick around the edges and stuff. So it's tough to replace yeah, quick and fast, which yeah. is, you know, you don't, you don't find that any strong enough to, you know, play off press coverage. So, yeah. you know, you, just, yeah. you don't find that every day. It's a, it's, you have to have a really, a rare combination of traits, you know, like you can't just be fast. You got to be physical. You can't just be fast either. You have to be agile too. And, you know, just changing directions quick too. So he, he's kind of got all of that and it's very valuable. Um, on your roster, or on your on your article, you had McLaurin, obviously, Sims, obviously, and then Latimer, Gandy Golden, and Harmon and Quinn. Uh so six receivers making the final 53. Uh Harmon is out now. Uh so that kind of opens up a spot. And then Latimer, kinda uncertain, but like we've said, uh the injury to Harmon probably gives him an edge now. Um, But there's still that open spot, that sixth spot. What would you imagine they do there? Because I know there are a lot of guys that we've mentioned. We've name-dropped Darvin Kitsie. He's one of my favorites. He's an elite athlete who's had a couple years to kind of get the pace of the NFL down, even if he hasn't played a lot. Um, But then there are some undrafted free agents, too. Isaiah Wright, uh, Jonathan Johnson. And, you know, also, maybe they could kind of shift Antonio Gibson's role a little bit because we know he's a running back receiver hybrid. They could just keep that spot open, use it on someone else, and then play Gibson more often at receiver. So what would you choose to do if you were in this position, and what do you expect them to do, maybe?
1: Well, I, I think that... Um, I don't know how much they value the, the, the positional kinds of things, or how much they're just looking for playmakers, so yeah. you know, I would think... That either Trey Quinn or Jonathan Johnson makes the roster as a backup to to Sims because they're you know the little quick guy can run out of the slot, um, but if neither of those guys is really all that impressive, maybe neither of them makes the team. So, um, but yeah, I kind of agree with what you just said. You know, I I thought about Gibson and everything we've seen and heard about Gibson suggests he's not an elite runner you know if if he's gonna line up wide he's gonna have to go through a real learning curve to to be able to get separation and run patterns from the outside so i think that's an option but they're gonna have to see what he takes to that um out of all the other guys i I really don't place a lot of um i don't have a lot of confidence in the in the younger guys who have been around for a season or two we've been able to see like way and bz and, and sim cam sims yeah um kidsy is the one he's he's the one out of all those guys who i think has the best chance if they're going to keep another outside receiver who's versatile i think he can run routes from virtually any position on the field and i think he's you know probably the one i know jacob had had a piece up about trade targets and i have a couple of trade targets who i think they might um, be interested in or i'm at least interested in and they haven't (laughs) asked me yet so maybe they're not but um I don't see anybody on the free agent market at this point. There's there's not a free agent out there who you're going to you know, feel all that confident bringing in.
0: How do you feel but, about uh, Josh Gordon real quick? I know everyone, because like, it was weird. There was that Instagram post the other day where Josh Gordon commented with the IMOG and then Dwayne Haskins commented back on him. What are you feeling about that? Because I know everyone uh, is was going crazy for that for
1: a while. Yeah, I think I'm more forgiving of Josh Josh Gordon than a lot of the other people, if I can judge by the comments that I've seen on some things. I mean, I I like to point out that that if Josh Gordon was entering the league today, 75% of his troubles would not exist because he's mostly been dinged for marijuana possession. And, you know, seven years ago, we had a different opinion about what that means. And today, nobody would look twice at him now. The fact is, he had chances, and he knew what the rules were, and he couldn't abide by the rules. So I, I, I'm not going to make great claims for Josh Gordon being able to you know, straighten up and fly right. But um, if they were to take a chance on Josh Gordon, I would not um, throw my hands up in the air and say, what are they doing, like I think some people would. Um, I just, you know, New England and Seattle both had him. And decided to walk away from him, and you know that I think that tells you something. He's a, obviously a talented guy, but you just don't know what whether you can rely on him or not. And so I think there there are other places they're going to turn before they look at Josh Gordon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What about these uh, trade targets you're talking about? We'll talk to you about it, and I ju- I know Jacob wrote an article about it too. So maybe you guys have some coinciding choices there, or maybe you guys are pitted against one another. So so which is it? <laughs>
1: Do you want me to go first, or do you, Jacob, do you want to go first?
0: Um, I can go first, if you don't mind. So like, okay. the, Jacob's ready to take the mic back. Yeah, so, so my whole thing about trading for a
2: receiver, if you're going to trade for one, again, he has to fit kind of like the future of this team. You have to be taking a chance on someone who you'd be getting cheap um, that still has a lot of upside. So my top four candidates, and you can read more about why I like these guys on Rigo's rag, um, I had Dante Pettis. Uh, Curtis Samuel, Kiki Cutie, and uh, John Ross as the the four guys that I would target. Um, just a quick on Pettis. Uh, you know, he was a second-round pick in 2018. He's fallen out of favor in San Francisco. Still immensely talented, could fit in as an inside-outside guy here and eventually emerge as a starter. Samuel has experience with uh, Rivera and Scott Turner from his time with the Panthers. He's a versatile weapon, can play running back, receiver, kind of – Plays all over the field. So I, I like that fit there. Just add to their hyper-versatile weaponry they've added. Uh, Cutie would be a slot backup, so I'm not super high on him. But Bill O'Brien literally will trade. Uh, he could trade Kiki Cutie for a sandwich. It's possible <laughs> if he's hungry enough. So, you know, um, I, I think that's a sensible target. And Ross, you know, former first-round pick, sets to be a free agent, speedster, set some good seasons, can't stay healthy. If you can get these guys cheap, take a shot on them that's that's my philosophy but I'm interested to see if you have a, a different philosophy or if you want to target some more of the uh, the well-known uh, pieces out there and try to get a veteran into the receiving room the philosophy is the exact same I think you're right you, you can't there's nobody who, who's going to be available
1: who you can get for um, who's, who's like an established guy who you can get for a price that you'd he's really available. I mean, I I don't know. I try to read some of the Carolina beat writers and I'm not sure why his name ever came up. It came up after they signed Robbie Anderson and the thought was, okay, they signed Robbie Anderson now they can part with Samuel, but that that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Those two guys are very different receivers and putting you know, they got DJ Moore, now they have Robbie Anderson on the outside and putting Samuel in the slot is, I mean, I don't know why they would break that up. So I I don't think he's actually available. Um, I do think that Ron Rivera, more than anybody, knows what his true value is. So if he were available, I assume Rivera would, would know exactly the price he'd be willing to pay. And, and if he were to pull the trigger on something like that, i trust his judgment on whatever he gave up. Um, I had not thought of Pettis at all, and I think that's a great call because um, you know, I don't know why he, he kind of disappeared in San Francisco. Two years ago, Marcus Goodwin disappeared in San Francisco because Pettis kind of t- came along. And then last year, you know, Debo Samuel comes along and then Pettis is gone. So I'm I'm not sure what's going on in San Francisco with their receivers, but he's a talented guy. The place I would look for trading is Denver. Denver had a very good young receiver in Cortland Sutton and then drafted in the first and second round receivers this year. So they took Jerry Judy. They took KJ Hamler. That's their receiving core. They had a couple of guys who played last year who I thought were pretty good, who were pretty young and i assume you could get pretty cheap because they don't really figure into denver's plans and the one i really like is a guy named tim patrick Ooh. who is an enormous tall guy for a 6 foot 5 guy has pretty good speed has always been a good special teams player you know does all those things that you want in a big receiver really good with contested catches um, is a more fluid runner than a guy like cam Sims, so he can you know actually run Roots where it seems I don't think really can, and I'm thinking um, a guy like uh, Tim Patrick might be uh, a valuable addition. I think he's 25, 26 years old, um, and you know you're not gonna find um, you're not gonna find the next Julio in this. But if you can find a guy who can come in and be productive for you, it's probably worth
0: it. You know I love that you brought up the Denver Broncos receiving core. Because I'm looking at them right now, and man, they they actually have a lot of potential candidates. Tim Patrick, I yeah. like. Uh, like you said, he's 26 years old. Um, so he's and he's six five, so he's huge, and he flashed last year. I know West who here. you like in this receiving core too, Ian. There's another guy. Oh, oh, can you name him? Deshaun Hamilton. Deshawn Ham- Hamilton. Yeah, I'll admit, I'll admit, I think I was a little starstruck back in the 2018, 2019 draft cycle, whatever it was, when I was hyping him up, but. uh yeah, Hamilton, I, I do like is a potential option. Jacob, thank you. Uh, he, from what I know, he's a pretty he's a good route runner. You know, he hasn't really come to fruition in Denver, but that's exactly you know he might need to change the scenery. He might need an opportunity because now with Sutton, Judy and Hamler there, he is absolutely buried. And so coming to Washington might be an opportunity for him to kind of get some uh, to get some chances opposite McLaurin. That would be good. I also like Fred Brown. Uh, I was writing about Denver. I, I had to do a mock draft for them for PFN early in the offseason. And Fred Brown, I, I looked him up. He's a he's a really good athlete too, and I think he's like six three, two hundred. So he's got good size too. So a lot of interesting candidates in that receiving core. Uh, some really outside the box choices, guys. I like this. I like this for sure. I don't.
2: Yeah, good good call, Jonathan, on Denver because <laughs> they were not on my not on my radar, and I, I think you you're onto something here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell whoever
1: is um, running things at um, whatever the team is called now. Um,
0: I, yeah, I whatever it'll I'm be.
1: Them, I'm not sure who's in charge of player personnel anymore. Um, so,
0: I think, yeah, they, they mixed it up a lot this past week. You know, um, who the, was who's the guy who got hired yesterday? Was it Jeff Scott, Jacob?
2: Yeah, Jeff Scott got a promotion. Um, he had been, I think, some sort of pro scout, and now he's running the pro personnel department. Okay. So, uh, We'll, we'll have to send this his way, to see if he gets wind of the uh, situation in Denver to uh, try to either pull off a, uh, a nice little trade or uh, keep an eye on waivers if they're uh, to get rid of any of those receivers.
0: Yeah, it's like, hey, yeah, I think
1: you're right about that. It's entirely possible some of those guys we just named um, aren't even going to make the Denver roster. So yeah. you may not even have to trade for them.
0: And that's an interesting point because, like, what let's say just theoretically if they were actually having these same conversations like thinking about this it's like do we make a move for them now and maybe send a sixth or seventh over there or do we just wait and take the chance so that they'll become available and we don't have to give up any draft assets so that's interesting i never thought about it like that but um right i have at various points but not at this moment so that that is interesting for sure and i, I have a feeling that maybe you know, if they think this receiving situation is as dire as it looks, especially with Harmon gone, they might have some candidates they are lining up from various teams across the country. Like I know some other names that have come up, like Chris Conley from Jacksonville is one, and I'm blanking on any others, but you know, every team you'll be able to find candidates where you might be able to trade for them, and or you might be able to wait for them to get caught in that final preseason wave, and then you can kind of capitalize on that and kind of add them to the to the fold so it'll be interesting to see what happens there but I really love all the candidates that we that we brought up Denver obviously has a lot of guys um Curtis Samuel to me correct me if I'm wrong but I I remember him as kind of a Steven Sims type guy you know where he can line up in a bunch of different spots I know he played running back occasionally at Ohio State and kind of moved around a lot so he could be a, a versatile guy and I know Scott Turner has repeatedly voiced his optimism about using guys like that so maybe but at the same time Joe Brady the new offensive coordinator for Carolina has also talked about his excitement to use him so I guess we'll see what happens there but um yeah a lot of exciting uh potential scenarios to think about it's kind of it's interesting because when you have a receiving core like this in Washington like aside from Terry McLaurin and Steven Sims there's like basically nothing proven there and it's, you know, it's kind of unstable, but at the same time, there's a lot of possibility, a lot of potential there, whether you add a guy or whether you give a guy on the team a chance to flourish. So it's going to be interesting. But um, we are right, almost... Just think back to last year. Yeah. You know, if we were having this conversation, we might have been,
1: you know, high on Terry McLaurin thinking, well, yeah, McLaurin, third round draft pick, he, he, hopefully he can step in and do something. I don't think any of us would have been all that high on Kelvin Harmon and... I don't know. Even know if we would have known who Steven Sims Jr. was, we've yeah. just you know been calling him like that short guy named Sims as opposed to the tall guy named Sims. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so yeah, you know, there's a very good chance one of these guys, maybe it's an Isaiah Wright or you know Jonathan Johnson or, or somebody, you know, they got a chance, and um, hopefully, hopefully, one or two of them will will really emerge.
0: Yeah, for sure, and it, it's going to be tough, you know, because. Like we said, the uh, the kind of truncated off season, you know, there might not be a preseason. the The training camp workouts might be kind of limited in terms of what they can do, so it might not be an ideal off season for those guys to to prove themselves. But um, a- anything can happen, you know. And I guess we'll have to see. But um, yeah, like you said, I mean, Stephen Sims. A lot of people, I I certainly was not talking about him at all. I kind of just, I, I feel I always regret this because i kind of just looked at his pro day numbers and i was like yeah i don't think he's going to do anything and then what do i know you know he comes out and he just tears the offense you know he tears the field apart he's he's providing a, a big spark on offense and special teams so you you never truly know until it happens and you just kind of you got to keep all possibilities on the table so it's, it's going to be exciting but before we go here we are almost out of time jonathan give me your final uh, receiving core prediction Who, who's going to make the roster
1: Now, the, you know, the four who I think are pretty well locks, again, with the the caveat about Latimer's legal situation are are, uh, Latimer and Gandy Golden, McLaurin, and and Sims. Um, I'm, like, just for the hell of it, like, on the Jonathan Johnson bandwagon now, and I got off the Trey Quinn bandwagon, and maybe tomorrow I'll switch back. Like I said, I think one of those guys makes it, if you're pinning me down now, I'm going to say Jonathan Johnson. Because you know, I've never seen him, and, and what, what you haven't seen is always more attractive than what you have seen. And um, um, I think, if I had to say right now, I don't think you can count on a trade. I don't think there's a free agent, so I'll go Darvin Kidsey. I, I think they will keep a fifth, uh, sixth receiver. Okay. I don't think uh, Gibson is um, is a proven enough outside threat to um, to just walk you know walk in with five receivers because one guy goes down, then you're really thin.
2: Yeah. So I think Kidsy will be the sixth.
0: Okay, cool, Jacob. Uh, We got a little bit of time left, so what you got?
2: All right, I got McLaurin. I've got Latimer. I've got Sims. I've got um, Gandy Golden. I've got Jonathan Johnson, too. I'm pretty big on his bandwagon as well. Um, I'm going to mix things up a little bit, though, and go with another undrafted receiver, Isaiah Wright. Um, I just think because they signed so few undrafted free agents, the ones that they signed, they really like. So. Uh, we'll see what Isaiah Wright can do, but it's going to be an interesting uh, battle for those fifth and sixth spots, I, but I do think Jonathan Johnson,
0: from what I've watched, has a little bit of Steven Sims in him, for sure. Two undrafted free agents as opposed to one. Okay, we will see. We will see. I'm kind of in the same boat as you guys. Uh, Darvin Kidsey for sure. We'll kind of see what happens with the rest of them, but then then, then you have four locks, obviously, assuming that Latimer's situation checks out, so... We will see. Unfortunately we are out of time though guys, so thank you as always for wa- uh not watching. Listening. I was about to say watching. What the heck? Okay. They wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, they would not want to do that. I'm 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 in my quarantine my quarantine hair um uh, makeover <laughs> thing right now. So yeah, I would not they would not want to do that. But thank you for listening. Uh and we will have more content out for you. I know there's some big news that's supposed to break soon, uh, regarding the team and the in the front office and stuff like that. So all that juicy stuff, so We'll have some content for you. We'll probably have some more podcasts out in the coming weeks. Uh, so stay tuned here at Riggles Rag. Until the next time, though, peace out. Have a good night.